everybody. Yes, playing the meme music because El Gigante got knocked out from Ligia, the team that was on top, the number one team. Oh boy, fell mighty, mighty hard, but there's also some other cheesemen going around. Angel Reina drops a truth bomb about Osvaldo Sanchez trying to fix a match. And uh, we have a list of 31 players that may or may not be going to Qatar. We also have some uh, some controversy against Alexis Vega. Also something about Edson Alvarez today. A lot to go over tonight. But before I go any further, really welcome Joel to the pod. Joel, how are we doing? Greetings, Jaime. Good, man. I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, I, I know the selection list just got released. Want to see what, what's going to go on there. I think it's pretty predictable who the five cut are going to be. Uh, we could discuss this later. Yeah, it went from like, hey, you need a preliminary list of 55 that never, that was just never submitted, even though it was due, uh, to now, now that he has sort of a dress rehearsal list. But I think there's a good good idea of who and who may not make it to Qatar. There's even possibility that uh, Humpty Dumpty, a.k.a. Raul Jimenez, might not even go. Depending on his he, on his injury, yeah. Supposedly he's he, well, he's doing the rehab, you know, and kind of kind of shows how for the club to let him go, you know. It kind of shows where he kind of stands right now, which kind of, <laughs> <laughs> which you know, it sucks, man. It, it really sucks because this guy was on, on top of his game when he got injured, and. Once again, Mexico misses out on a top striker. We, we do. Mexico can't get just they can't get a break. Can't get a healthy you know, they, break. There's always an injury that like happens before a World Cup. You know, like Atito. Or like, well, Hugo Sanchez um, going into the 1990 World Cup. That's when he was at his best, and Mexico got banned, so he couldn't do anything. Um, and we've had other other players just just get injured that would have, you know, were coming in like in their prime. A Chivas guy going into ah, oh, dude, I keep forgetting his name. Oh, I don't know if it was eighty six or seven. Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna search it for you, Jaime. All right. This guy was this guy was supposed to be like a goat and. Got one of those career-ending injuries. Well, and we've had a few of those with, like, um, obviously, Vanella Medina. I think that was a pretty... He was on a trajectory, and he got injured, and I don't think he ever fully recovered from that. And then there's also, uh, you know, Pina, Ariano, Sergio Avila. A lot of players that got career-ending injuries. Oh, yeah, Marco Fabian, too. I mean, his back. But, man, we have quite a podcast tonight. We'll wait for our special, <laughs> our number one fan, see if he shows up later, because I want to wait to for him to hop on before I grill him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you called it. I, I, oh, had a, I had America's favorites. To me, they were 
number one candidates. Everybody had America's favorites. And, uh, yeah, I can't, can't blame them. They were, they, you know, the way they destroyed Puebla. They can dish it, but and, they can't take it, man. They've been like, please stop the bullying. <laughs> I love it. We can talk about the other team, though, the other half with with Pachuca and Monterrey. Your boy, man. What happened to your boy, Vucetich? He just couldn't handle the... Vucetich? He couldn't handle it, bro. Yeah, well, he, you know, better team. Because um, I think Monterrey, on paper, is one of the stronger teams. But it, it's a team that's had a lot of, like, problems. Like, locker room problems, I would say. And hmm. it's, it, you know, it, it went... Because they had Aguirre, remember? Let's let's remember they had yeah, they El did. Vasco, and and it, he's he's a guy that he's he's won the Liga MX before. He knows he knows what's up, a lot of experience, and for that team to crash the way it did with him, and and not just with him, even even when Turco was there, so a lot of a lot of stuff going on there. I they I believe they just announced Tata Noriega as the GM, I believe, I saw well, I, I saw, I saw the welcome tweet, but I, it didn't say what his position was. Hmm. Do you remember him as a player? Who? Noriega. A little you don't bit. Remember? A little bit. Yeah. Um. But so I mean, I think they're trying to fix things. I think, and I don't think they. They haven't sacked Vuce. I don't know if they're going to sack him. You know, sometimes GM uh, comes you in. You really and, think they'll sack him? Well, I don't know, man. Sometimes GM comes in and they want to clean house. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? But he did take them to the semis, put him right back, back within grasp. You know, um, team did have a meltdown, but they had the the red card and then. Uh, and the first game, they just fell apart after that. I was fully entertained. A lot of a lot of action on both ends. You know, Pachuca score within within the ninth minute. It, you know, I <laughs> I thought Monterrey were winning because for some fucking reason on the first leg in Hidalgo, they made Pachuca wear their away jersey, and they, and Rayados was wearing their home jersey. And you know, like the jersey from Pachuca and, and Rayados looks very similar. So I'm like, damn, you know, Wusatir's getting the job done. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. No, they're losing. Yeah, it was very confusing. The It was like, I don't know why they des- decided to do that. But I was very confused with the with the choice of, of the kits. But, yeah, I know Pachuca handled business in that first leg. And after that, man, it was pretty much over. Um, you know, that second leg was I, I don't understand. You need like three or four goals and you park the bus. Like that's typical of Vucetich, bro. That guy's he's lost his touch, bro. He's he's not he's not he's not Midas anymore. He's like bronze, you know. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I, I just think because we're just looking at um we're just looking at titles. Um but his numbers are, are really good. And and I'm I'm gonna have to look for this stat because I think I think, um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name right now. Posted it up, and it was like goals, like goal differential and points and all that. Monterrey was way up there, man. 
Oh, I believe it. And that's, that's one of the things that always has worked on his favor, where it's like he'll give you a stable club, and most of the time numbers are will be in your favor. So very few coaches can do that. You know, he's he's at least consistent in that. I, I do think that the King Midas, uh, the whole winning like that, he's not at, at that point. But, but you know, we don't need to go to the extreme of he sucks now. He's still, what he does is still difficult. Very few, very few coaches can do, can, and, and maintain, you know, maintain themselves at that level. Yeah, I mean, I give him props for even making it that far. Um, Rayelis is a great team. But let's look at the brass tacks right now. You have both America and Monterrey eliminated from, from the chi- championship. And yet this list that Tata has called up, a lot of the team is is built around Rayados and America players. You have Ochoa, you have Gallardo, Hector Moreno, Cesar Montes, you have Funes Mori. I mean, this is concerning, right? This isn't alarming that uh, Tata isn't calling up the best players that are in <laughs> form right now? Yeah, usually that's that's what they do, man. They they bring in, but they bring in the 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 players that are in in the hot streak. But at the same time, they also want players that are used to playing together. Moreno, uh, he played terrible against Pachuca in the first game. Obviously, they lost what five or two. Uh, he didn't start on the return game where uh, they did a lot better defensively. But on the other end, you had Funes Morty uh, miss a PK and a couple of clear chances. And now those guys have a high chance of starting in the World Cup. Welcome to the show, Pastor. Um, but yeah, dude, like, come on, man. You, you taking Funes Morty to the World Cup? I understand he fits your... <laughs> I understand he fits your profile and, you know, you have a strategy that you're going to use against Poland and another one against Argentina and another against Saudi Arabia, but they had uh, Juan Carlos Osorio on ESPN Deportes and he was saying, like, you cannot leave out a player like Javier Hernandez. You can't leave him out. You can't leave him out of the World Cup, bro. I'm like, dude, that's what I've been saying. We're going to take... you see him talk about his strategy? How leading up to that game versus Germany? No. Uh, so he, they basically told him, like, you know, on the games before Germany, you were playing completely different uh, than how you actually played Germany. What was that about? He basically said, well, you know, we had a 4-3-3 set up. It's going to be in transition. But in one friendly game, I would play just the defense that was planning playing against Germany, and everybody else was random. Then the next game, we would play just the midfield. And then the next game, like just the strikers, but never the full starting wow. level. But we would focus. We would use that friendly for the defense to focus on how I wanted to play against Germany and to play just like that, the, not taking into consideration what the opposing team was doing. So he was literally had this whole strategy. You know, everyone was locked in, and then they come and face Germany, and it's a complete different starting eleven. And then a uh, complete different uh, strategy, but they were in pr- practicing it behind the scenes. This dude was playing forty chess, dog. Yeah, he was. It was crazy. And once you hear like somebody talk about it like that, and you know, you as a fan not knowing what the hell's going on, you're at those friendlies. You're like, now, madre, is this how they're playing? Yeah, and not knowing it's intentional the whole time. 
So do you think Tata's doing something similar, or, or he's just like out of his out of his mind? Oh no, I was bringing it up because I think Tata's actually playing the way he plans on playing at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I, I think teams are gonna be able to break him down pretty easy. Yeah, 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 man. I like I get it. You you have a certain idea in your in your head. You think it's gonna go like this, but dude, I don't know, man. The way these strikers are looking, like only maybe Henry Martin, he's the only one that kind of looks like, all right, he might be able to get the job done. Um, I don't know how Santi Jimenez is doing out there in Holland, but I don't think he's going to be a starter in the World Cup. Well, watch uh, Tata's recent press conference. He kind of like defended himself. He said that going into the job, he knew he was responsible for the generational change, but that he was also kind of like misled. Uh, he named he like named them by name. He was like Jorge Sanchez, Kevin Alvarez, Rio Antuna, Piojo Alvarado, and like just keeps going. Uh-huh. He's like I was under the impression that majority of these guys were going to be in Europe, and it's only been like three. So there was a I know I was supposed to do generational change, but there's nothing to do a generational change with. So it seems like he doesn't have faith in these guys, and then he also criticized them staying in their comfort zone and not making moves to Europe. Mm. Uh, he called out like nine, 10 guys specifically. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is the player's decision and how much of that is the club's decision. Yeah. But you can tell he's leaving for sure. I mean, we already knew he was going to leave, but now that he's like kind of airing out to like the laundry, like critiquing players and like directiva, uh, trying to like make himself like, Hey, yeah. I'm not the one who's 100% at fault. You can tell, uh, you know, She's going to put in my last two months of work and get out of here. This dude is just trying to wash his hands and walk away from this. Like, hey, don't blame me. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think the directive as well, no one has backed him up since they fired Torrado. And, and they, you know, I think it's like Memo Cantu, you know, they, they, the, the people they brought him in. And he's been getting, you know, he's been getting attacked left and right. And no one in the Federación has really backed him up. So I think you could say he's cracking under pressure, you know, and then just just looking to, like like uh, Pastor said, um, kind of like airing out the dirty laundry, you know. I'm looking at this list. There's also... Uh like 15 players that he called up for sparring? What does that mean? I don't know what Fight, that means. Dude. Fight They're not part of the 55 list, like the preliminary 55 list. Uh, so they cannot participate in the World Cup whatsoever. But they're there to, like, you know, when they do uh, scrimmages and stuff like that, just to, like, put a little pressure on the starters. Oh. Uh, without, like, well, the 23, but without the 23 feeling like, one of these guys can take their spot. No, they're literally just there for sparring. Or to give them experience if they're young enough, you know, they, they take them along for the ride so they kind of see what it's like. Yeah, but, I mean, it doesn't always pan out that way. Look at Mallorca. Osorio took Mallorca to Confederations Cup. And then, what, Mallorca kind of, like, went to the bench after that for a year? No, but I, I mean for the sparring. Uh, usually, like, I, I know Argentina would do that. In tournaments, they'll take the under twenty, the under twenty selection, and so that they could play, put some practice games with the, with the main team, and it was mostly to, you know, obviously from all that list, it's always a, 
a handful that are going to make it all the way to the senior team. But for the most part, it's kind of just helping these guys get some experience. And then when, when they play their tournament, they're not as overwhelmed because they, they sort of, you know, they kind of got like a, a taste of what it's like. Yeah, and I'm curious what the selection process is behind that because, like, Pettis Bouquet got chosen. Yeah, he We did. all know he's, like, talented. So, like, how does Pettis Bouquet get chosen? He get chosen specifically by Martino or, like, what's going on? Because at the same time, yeah. you know, Chivas could be risking, like, an injury, uh, but also raises a question of, like, he's not, like, good enough to show up on your bench, but he's good enough to be a Spartan uh, opponent for a World Cup cycle. Well, yeah, because, I mean, there's this... That's the thing as well with with um the the selection coach is gonna call whoever he wants, you know. He's and they usually have their own scouts and whatnot, so it's not like they tell Chivas who who are your which two players do you want to send for Spari? Um, so it was it is it supposed to be another one from Chivas in there? Uh, it's just him. Oh, because I think Pelayas when he was leaving, he said there was gonna be four players. And I was thinking like two in the senior team and then probably two more in the, you know, in this mini group. From Chivas, the only two players that were called up for the senior side was obviously Piojo Alvarado and Alexis Vega. That's it. No Nene Beltran. Um, and then just Perez Bouquet for the sparring. And uh, quite a few players from Rayados, the, the second team. Uh, Pumas in there, Pachuca. America, no uh, Marcelo Flores on that sparring list. Yeah, no Marcelo, and uh, that was something he mentioned on his press conference. He didn't call out Marcelo specifically, but he is kind of towards Marcelo and uh, Sendejas. He kind of said that, you know what, uh, the national team is the national team. In Argentina, we're obsessed with the national team. If you get called up to the national team, there's no questions asked. There should be no ifs, buts, or like special requests. So I think, uh, you know, with Marcelo Flores, when his parents kind of influenced, like, you know, we all go to Mexico, but kind of wants to be part of the World Cup roster. Uh, Sendejas, same thing. Like, you know, I'll go, but am I going to the World Cup? I think that was a big turnoff for him. Mm. So I think uh, just like how he blacklisted Chicharito for like doing his BS and not respecting Selección. He also like kind of blacklisted them because he felt like they were trying to like leverage. They were doing selection a favor. Yeah. Well, with and Marcelo, with Marcelo, uh, it seemed like he finally committed to Mexico. <clears throat> excuse me. And then I mean, he took him to Austin. I was there. That was only less than a year ago. So it seemed like they were like serious about him. Uh, w- one thing about him though is he kind of took a step back by going to to the second division in Spain. Like, they were under the impression that he was going to get minutes there, be a starter, and he hasn't even gotten minutes. So, you know, I feel like it's been, like, a, a terrible experiment gone wrong. Well, it, was part, it was part of, like, also, like, not just the media, but probably people that represent him just using the whole Ajax to blow smoke of people's ass. And you saw how fans right away were, you know, like, begging for this guy, thinking that... Cause, cause he's in London, you know that he's he's the next best thing, and they'll play the goals he's scoring in under twenty, and <laughs> they, you know they they're thinking that he's what the selection needs, and it's 
I, I could see why the coach could, could be like, you're, you're kind of using the selection to promote yourself and you can't even win, a, you know, a spot in the first team. And so now he's not even playing. So it's like kind of proved him right all along. I, I do think if he took him, it was probably just pressure from, from sponsors or probably Federacion. Because this, you know, they they like to sell the the team to the fans, you know, when they go a Molero that are paying top dollars. So if they're they're requesting this guy, they'll they'll throw him, they'll throw him at him at least for the Molero. Bro, if you go on the uh, subreddit of Liga MX, there, I mean, you'll find posts about why isn't you know Marcelo should be like starting, Marcelo should be playing in the World Cup. Like, dude, people were on his nuts, and and. <laughs> I remember when he uh when he in that Austin game against Chile, like everybody was calling out his name in the stands, like, dude, the hype was real and everybody was criticizing Tata like, oh, why didn't you like give him uh you know enough minutes and like, yo, you guys need to slow the fuck down, bro. And a lot of people didn't like that. But he's been in all the promo shoots and everything, so long term Mexico knows they have a, a marketing guy, like they know that he's like the next like image and the next guy to carry the the Mexican brand or whatever, he's not going to go anywhere. But I think career-wise, it definitely took a, a big step back uh, doing that loan to to Real Oviedo. Just like Linus, man, like him going to Portugal, and he's not. You know, I I gotta disagree with that. What? Uh, him taking a step back uh, with uh, Flores. And with me, I'm a little biased. I'm a, a, a to me, for example, what I mean by that, Premier League is the most entertaining league in the world. Yeah. But I don't think it's the best. I think their defense is very physical, uh, very low on tactics. Uh, their defense, you know, you rarely have players in the Premier League that are defenders are considered like the world's best. Van Dyke lasted what like two years at that level and then fell off. Uh, last Ballon de Oro to come from the Premier League was Cristiano Ronaldo back in '08. So I consider La Liga a lot more talented. Uh-huh. It's not as entertaining, but a lot more talented. And with that, uh, La Liga 2, I consider it to be more difficult, more talented, uh, and challenging as opposed to playing with uh, U23s, U23s. So I think the fact that he didn't do so well, it's in kind of a blessing because it shows him how much he has to improve. And it kind of also shows the fans and everyone else, like, you know, he's not ready for this first team level. But I think if he learns from it, and and it's a, I think that's one reason they probably didn't call him up. So he, like, stays with the team. He tries to earn that spot. And I think for the his career, it will benefit him not getting called up because he can actually focus on playing against these 23, 25, 30-year-old players in a more competitive league than he was currently in. And it should be a blessing. So I think it's a, I think it's a blessing in disguise. We'll see, man. Because even Arsenal themselves were complaining and calling, you know, considering canceling the loan and, and just bringing him back to Arsenal. Because that's the whole point is for him to get minutes and exposure. You can only do that in training so much. You know, you have to get actual playing time in order to take advantage of of what you just mentioned. All the benefits of being in the second division. He's not even getting that, bro. So it's like. But he wasn't gonna get at Arsenal either. Yeah, but at least at Arsenal he can be a starter in the under twenty three team. And at the end of the day, bro, like you can train all you want, dude. But if you're not playing in like actual competitive matches, then what are we doing here? 
Yeah, I, mean, and I get that, but I feel like right now is like is like you have a talented player and you move him up a couple age groups. He might not get playing time, but uh, if a couple six, nine, twelve months out of it, he'll reap a lot of benefits I mean, from it. Carlos you, Vega was. He's got to make sure he doesn't lose his confidence. Car- Carlos Vega. Carlos Vela was uh, what at Celta Vigo in second division, and he was handling like a boss, bro. Yeah, but in my opinion, Carlos Vela is like top five Mexican players most talented ever born. And how old was he? He was young when he went to the second division, bro. He was he was a teenager. I'm pretty sure he was. 2005? Yeah. yeah he, he was young. and uh, But like I said, in my personal opinion, I think Carlos Vela probably has one of the top three left foots as far as uh, talent is a uh, concern like in Mexican history like that left foot is just insane the dude he was 16 he at Celta Vigo man then he went to Salamanca 31 appearances bro he was 17 how old is Marcelo uh I don't know maybe he like 21 he's, he was like he's 19 bro oh there you go why? Why is it that yeah, like he the... should he should already be a starter? Damn, just really dude. quick, I'm just gonna add. Go ahead. I, I I agree with um with Pastor that it's not a step down going from the under twenty three to second division, but I agree with you, uh, Jaime, that if he's not getting PT, then it is a step down because you do have to play. That whole it benefits. I've never seen it work. I've never seen a player that couldn't crack into a team and that it benefited them later on. It's always playing time. You just have to keep playing. You go to MLS, and if you're getting the playing time, you'll be better off than being at, at Real Madrid. You know, just you're, you're practically that uh, that reserve team that Mexico's taking. You're never really going to play, you know, at the competitive game. You're just playing the practice one. And um, but that that's that's always been the key to stay active, you know, to keep to keep playing and, and put yourself in those situations where you could be like the key player or the goleador or or part of the team, whatever it is. But you you just want to keep playing, keep playing. Um, what was it, Jaime? We we did the comparison so like a year ago when we compared um when we compared um. The Peruano, that's a Chivas. Um, what's that to its name? Yeah, we compared Ormeño to the Argentine that was at Pumas. I don't know if he's still with them. He got injured. Remember, about same age, same height. Started their career at the same time. Yeah. And, and we could see their trajectory and just how much more playing time the Argentine dude had. And all these teams he played, and a lot of them were like... Ecuador and like Venezuela or whatever, but ultimately he has the better career. Although ironically, this dude made it to the national team. <laughs> I know, right? It's trippy. It's just trippy. Uh, he made it to the Peru and got to Copa America, but but his numbers are still better. On the dude, what's his name, man? Like Dineno. There you go, Dineno. Yes, yeah. thank you, thank you. I cannot. I could not remember, <laughs> but we were we were comparing these guys because they kind of hit the hot streak at the same time, and they mm. were very similar, height, age. Same age, same everything. height. Everything, and um, 
But when you see the trajectory where where Romano sort of disappeared, he just was like, I don't know what was going on, man. It's just it's just empty. Um, but the other dude kept playing all type of games. Um, yeah, he went through Racing. He went through like quite a few different teams before he landed at Umas. Yeah. Yeah, I think the injury. I don't. I haven't heard from him. I don't know how bad that injury was. But really, like Dineno or uh, Ormeño's breakout was at Puebla with forty appearances. But since then, dude, it's been it's been pretty pretty low. He's only scored, man. Since Puebla, he's only scored one, two, three. He's only scored four goals, bro. In in a year or two, that's pretty bad. Yeah, and so, so I, I think that's that's like I'm not trying to get off topic, but I, I think that's always been one of the downfalls with with the Mexican youth, where they end up not getting the playing time, and some of these other players that that were in the in, that started the same as Max, they do get playing time. They'll go to whatever league they can, and then they end up in Max, you know, and and if you compare it to a lot of these uh, Mexican youth. Uh, at at the, the younger uh, age group, the Mex players always seemed like they were going to do way better. But because then they stayed inactive, sort of like disappeared, man. I'm looking at uh, Real Oviedo's uh, roster right now, and there's only uh, six players under 25. Everybody else is like on the older range. Damn. So, yeah. Damn. So, so it's not like. Uh, you know, he's a young guy in a young team and not playing. You can tell it's like a pretty experienced team. So that's why I said I, it think, is. I think it's a step up from leaving Arsenal. He just has to like get through all those. Uh, yeah, but, but you know what? You know what, Pastor? A lot of these players that end up being really good, by 19, they're already, they're already first team material. You could check all these players that, that are like that stand out, and I guarantee you, we, that's the other thing we did one time, me and I, we were going down the list of a lot of players, and by 18, 19, these guys were already bossing it. Yeah, but you gotta also look at uh, Marcelo Flores, uh, I mean, the dude is tiny, he's what, 5'5"? Five, five? <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna... Yeah, yeah. he's like 5'5", five, five. he's probably what, like 120, 130? Uh, Damn. Yeah, I mean, he's a tiny dude, I'm sure... That's why, like, he was doing well, like, in youth twenty in the 23s with Arsenal. I mean, he had, like, 10 matches, four goals, one assist. But, like, that's where his talent was standing out. Uh, now where he's in La Liga, too, uh, he has the talent, but he just doesn't have the physical to be playing against these grown men. Like, so, I got I, bigger shits that are bigger than you, man. You little punk. Yeah, no. I, like Bella, you know, at least Bella was like five nine. I'm sure he maybe was like one forty. I didn't realize he was that small. Yeah, he's. I mean, so I, I'm sure all that plays a role into it. And he looks like a pretty uh, what's uh, he looks like an introvert. So I'm not sure if that affects how you. Uh, oh, he's a ginger, him. mate. Gingers don't have souls. <laughs> so that might affect. So I think it might be a lot of things, but I think it'd be a little early to roll him out if. If not Arsenal, we're already gotten rid of them. If they didn't see any future potential, no. Yeah, and the saddest part is Oviedo's not even doing well. They're 16th in the league. You know they could yeah. probably switch things up and 
I mean, what's the worst that could happen? They're already losing. <laughs> yeah, that's probably another thing. They're already losing, so like, why are we going to play the kids? Like, we're doing bad. We got to go for experience. Well, Pastor, now that you're on here, uh, I did want to talk about the controversy that surrounded Alexis Vega after America was eliminated by Toluca. He goes on Twitter, and he's he's room for them, man. He's, he's room for the 11th title, man. That rubbed me the wrong way. I agree with that. You know, there are a lot of people that have said that I was exaggerating, that, you know, Toluca gave him his chance, his first big shot, chance at a pro. I get all that. I respect it. But the thing is that Chivas and Toluca are playing the same league. So, you know, it's like if uh, you play for uh, Sevilla and you move over to Barcelona and Barcelona gets knocked out of some tournament. So now you go on Twitter and you, like, support Sevilla. Even though it was your previous team, you're in the same league. Your team just got knocked out. At least have, like, some uh, vergüenza deportiva. And, like, you know, keep that shit to yourself, bro. Like, text your Toluca buddies, congratulate them, whatever. But don't go on public because it kind of shows, like, you don't give a damn about you being eliminated. Yeah, it rubs me the wrong way for two different reasons. Number one, like, they are the enemy, bro. Like, if Chivas would have had a good deep run in the playoffs instead of, you know, shitting the bed against Puebla, Toluca could have been a potential, like, opponent. Are you going to root for them then when when they, when we were first facing them head to head? Like, no, it's just like, bro, like we pay your paycheck. Like you should not be rooting for anybody else in the league. You do that quietly. You do that internally, but you don't post it on social media, especially after like not stepping up and not showing up for these matches, bro. Like where were you in Liguilla, man? Like, yeah, that's the thing. He, he hasn't shown up in Liguilla. He hasn't scored in a classic goal. Uh, Classicos he has played in, Chivas has not won. So he's, he has the talent. He scores golazos, free kicks outside the box. But when it comes to the moment of truth, he has disappeared. Uh, and then you see him congratulating another team and wishing they won the title, which puts him one title behind you. It's like, eh, kind of rubs me the wrong way as well. Yeah, there's no defending it. And I don't understand people that were defending it. Oh, man, they gave him a start, blah, blah, blah. It's not that big of a deal. But it should be a big deal. Um, we don't even know if he'll ever play for Chios ever again because assuming he has a good World Cup, that dude's gone. You think so? Yeah. Mm. I think Chivas need to fund this new this new campaign, and it's going to have to be Alexis Vega. I don't think Chivas will go as far as selling him to a cross-rival team. You know, I don't think he'll, they'll, they'll sell him within Mexico. Um. Unless it's like a re- if if like Monterrey says twenty million, I'm pretty sure they would sell him. But honestly, with like the connection with PSV now, whatever brotherhood we have with them or whatever business thing we have with them, I could see him like leaving after the World Cup if he has. I, mean, a I, I can see it, but I mean that's your designated player, that's your marquee. You need to have somebody else that could carry that weight, whether he shows up in big moments or not. You know, that's like your talisman. So you will need to bring in like a Chicharito or something of that level uh, to cover that absence. Because uh, who, who are you expecting to pick that up? Pio Alvarado, uh, Angulo? Like, nah, it's not going to happen. And I'm sure Hierro, he's like, we're letting him leave. You know, are you bringing me here to export? Or are you bringing me here to build a team and uh, go for a championship? 
I, I think the offer would have to be pretty darn good from Europe for them to let him go. I think Yero might try to convince them, like, hey, if you leave now, you're transferring the middle of the season. It's going to be really hard for you to adapt and finish season strong. So stay one more tournament, leave in the summer, and then you have a clean start in Europe. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I know that, man, this is the only, like, I guess, silver lining with the World Cup being so late in the in the year. Like, you have the entire month of November. Um, well, not the entire month, but, like, mid-November all the way to, like, mid-December. And then the transfer window opens up, man. Holy shit. Anyone that had a great World Cup, a decent World Cup, is going to go, like, they're gone. I think I think it's going to be, like, the perfect timing. I remember, like, remember when Jamez Rodriguez had that incredible tournament and then he went to Madrid and didn't do anything? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Uh, there's going to be a lot of FOMO, and a lot of teams are going to overpay, and they're going to regret it. That Hamas one was a huge one. Uh, you know, they paid, what, like $80 million for him or yeah. something like that? Uh, like 40,000, 50,000 fans went to his presentation, and he fell off. Now he's playing, what, in, like, Saudi Arabia or something? I don't even know where he is at. I thought he was at Everton last time I checked, but maybe he's not even there anymore. Oh, no, I think that was, like, uh, years ago. Right now he is at – oh, no, he's at Olympiacos with Marcelo. Oh, wow. So he's, he's in Greece. Damn. Uh, I had another thing I wanted to talk about the um, that app. If you're planning on going to Qatar, they're going to force you to download two apps that are meant to track COVID and games, but they can share data, manipulate content, and even override a user's phone software. And it's required for any visitor going into Qatar for the World Cup. How sketchy is that? That is uh, super sketchy. Uh, I have a couple people I know going to the World Cup, and uh, oh wow, uh, I told them this like, like, dude, I don't want you to think I sound like a hater or anything, but I just think it's a waste of time, waste of money. If you want to go like explore Qatar, do it during not the World Cup, because by the way, it sounds it just looks like. You're like the guest visiting someone's home, but they don't want you there. Like, you're an unwelcome guest. Like, it seems like Qatar just wants the World Cup to show off a stadium, show off, like, whatever they got to show off <clears> in <throat> the world. But as far as, like, the actual experience is, like, hey, while you're here, like, sit your ass down and shut up. Uh, let us do our thing. It's like they don't trust you. And, and yeah. I guess they, they don't trust people maybe trying to do something probably political. Or, or you know, or, or using using the World Cup to try to like, you know, like like, ugh, been at a loss for words, and I haven't even drank today, just just to promote their agenda, you know, because um, like what we've seen recently with um, with FIFA, and I'm, I link it to Mexico. You had this whole thing about the, you know, homophobic chant, right? And I kept saying. You know, FIFA's making a big deal about it, but at the same time, they're ignoring the hosts yeah. that where it's like illegal to be homophobic. Um, you know, they throw people out of roofs and whatnot. And and they even released, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, there's like a poster of things that are not allowed. There's a lot of things that are not allowed. You can't be like, 
have public affection with your significant other. There's no like gay people out there. <laughs> like there's like so many ridiculous. Like no drinking. No like oh you can't show you like your skin. I don't know, dude. It's yeah, and that's yeah, why but... I say that I think they're using this just to flex like your infrastructure and stuff like that. Because usually with the World Cup, everyone's excited. When I mean everyone, talking about like from the hotels, the restaurants, the bars, yeah. the locals, like you know, it's gonna be a big party. People are gonna get drunk. They're gonna spend money. They're gonna go to the tourist sites. It's gonna be like a big injection of money into our country. Qatar doesn't need that. They don't need money. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> you we know? don't care about your fan experience. Damn. We don't care about you having a good time. We they need it to spend money. Yeah, we don't care about <laughs> you spending. Like we just need you to come in behave enjoy the world cup and like go home well you know that's why they did that thing um i don't know if you remember they they invited influencers to go and to go to the world cup draw and i don't i don't think that was fifa because i don't think people said like i think people said we cared for that they, they know they don't need it you don't need to promote the world you need them to promote the world cup you know Mm-hmm. It's it's a huge event. Are you going to pay people or, or give them freebies to promote an event that's already very very popular? Um, and so and I think that's what they I think it was Qatar thing and I think they tried those apps on them, but I do think a part of it was to like, look, you could do this cool shit, you know, kind of throw off the other stuff of like of like um the kind of country it is, like, just how it's very reserved as far as, like, you can't drink and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think there's, like, a hidden agenda going on. I'm very looking forward to the Netflix documentary that's going to drop the first week of November. It's going to talk about the corruption of FIFA and, I mean, talk about perfect timing, right, to drop a documentary right before the World Cup. It took a playoff that got us playbook. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had Chivas announcing shit during the Ligia. I'm like, yo, where's the fucking coach at, man? Like, we had we don't fucking coach yet. They're waiting for the final. They're waiting for the final. They already have, dude. I bet they have the coach, the player. They have, they have everything set up for next season already. They bought a package deal, man. They're just they're just gonna they're just gonna rebuild it one piece at a time. Yeah, they're probably going to do the coach tomorrow and do a player, like, uh, Sunday during the final. Chicharito. During the final, we'll have, like, a press conference, too. Oh, my. Dude, I think if America that happens, if that happens, you know, like, the show. They're going to talk about, like, a recap of the final because it's Luca Pachuca, like, for 10, 15 minutes, and then go on to Chicharito at Chivas, like, for an hour. Oh, 100%. I mean, everybody was all upset about when Yero was announced and we were talking more about that than than the uh, Ligia matches. So, if if Chivas do that, <laughs> that'd be really funny. But I think it's really hard to keep down a player rumor. I think that's like it's impossible to keep a player rumor down because you know, airports and traveling and all that. Like Torres, hey, Nilo, right? They, Chicharito United down. I'm sure we can keep it down. Him back to Chivas. That was crazy, but that was like ten years ago. We're in the internet. You know, like, it's not like how social media is now where you can, like, literally, like, stream shit. So, yeah, it's a little bit different now. It's kind of hard to keep leaks under wraps. But, yeah, with the – I don't know if I talked about this on the last podcast. Probably not. But, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, 
how did Chivas like get Fernando Hierro? And then somebody asked him during the press conference about his contract with Telemundo for the World Cup because he's one of the color commentators. And they asked him, oh, is that going to be like um, compromising your commitment to Chivas? Um, are you going to have to cancel your contract? And then he said, no, like I have to honor the contract. Obviously, Amari already knows about this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. So you're telling me that Telemundo already had this dude on the payroll? And like, oh, now it's starting to make sense. I thought this whole time it was Michele Año pulling the strings, but maybe it was Telemundo, man. Maybe Telemundo's the reason why he's at Chivas. Yeah, probably. I mean, they have, what, the Chivas streaming rights in the U.S., right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably like... They have it on a yearly... They're like on a yearly contract. Yeah, you know, maybe said, hey, look, I know you got offers from other people, but you need a sporting director. You need someone to hit the media hard. So how about we help you with Yero, and then you just give us auto renewal for next year? Wait, auto renewal? Well, no, you said um, a yearly contract, right? They, yeah, they have like, uh, let's say they did five years, but it's like they just renew it every year. And then uh, at the end of that, they're going to renegotiate. So it's kind of like an open contract where Telemundo could be like, you know what, this isn't working. We're, uh, you know, late. And I do think, uh, and for me, it's like, well, you need stuff like this to generate, to generate, um, you know, attention and whatnot with the team not being in playoffs. Uh, so you need, you need something to, to keep the fans excited, give them something to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's all starting to like make sense now. And I, I wonder, you know, with the Lumundo, obviously they were upset with missing out on Ligia action because the game was in Puebla, so they didn't get to host any Ligia matches. I'm sure that hurt that hurts team ratings. That hurt, I'm sure that hurts the bottom line. So it's in Telemundo's best interest to... And, and then Jaime Heimer just really quick. Yeah. And then it, it would have been Chivas America, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's in their best interest to to put money into the club and try to help them as much as possible. And I think with, like, Busetich and with, with uh, Pelas and the ratings and the fans just tuning out of the matches, I'm sure they're like, yo, we got to do something to get these guys back in, you know, back in the winning days. Um, missing out on a super classical. Everybody was waiting for that for that paycheck. So you know, I, I, we'll see. You know, we'll see how much of influence Telemundo has. We'll see how much of an influence Puma has on on getting uh, refuerzos because obviously Chicharito is sponsored by by Puma now. And that he was on he was on a live stream with uh, some uh, racer, right? Some uh, Formula One driver or what was he? I don't. I forget his name. But he's also okay, sp- tell him when are you going to the World Wait, Cup? Are you serious right now? Huh? Or are you trolling? No, I'm serious. He was on. He was on a live stream with like some. You don't know Checo Perez? I don't know who he is, bro. I don't fucking One watch. One of the Formula. greatest Formula One drivers in Mexican <laughs> history. Really how many? How many now. Formula One World Series has he won? Whatever the fuck they call these things. How many races has he won, dude? He's on. He, but he's on the championship team ah. with Max. They're both the championship team, bro. Until like 
the name Lewis Hamilton he can, number one. Can, he didn't come in number one, but the uh, man has been killing it for the last I, year. I, I don't watch that shit, dude. I don't watch Formula I mean, you One. You probably don't like Checo because you're an America fan, but oh, but I don't know. I, I don't, there you go. I don't even know who he is, bro. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know who Checo Pérez is. Always, dude, I don't watch Formula One, fans, dude. America fans, he's always raising the Mexican flag on the podium. Oh, good for him. But anyways, he he was <laughs> saying how, like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't come to Chivas. You should come to America. And then he kind of, like, looks like, oops, I shouldn't have said that. Like, I don't know if maybe that's, like, he was kind of just, like, trolling. But maybe maybe Chicharro is coming to, to Chivas. I don't know, bro. We'll he he could have been trolling because uh, he also asked him, like, so are you going to the World Cup? And Checo Pérez didn't realize that the 55 list had already been announced. Oh. So, and Chicharro was like, oh, no, it's not pending up on me. But I guess he didn't want to, like, make him look bad and say, nah, that's been done for. Like, it's a wrap. Nah, he was he – was- he was he was giving him his little like he was he was like hey man like you should be on the list or blah 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 he said like, it's not up to me but we have our number one fan here we got we got to add him to the pod man this dude this dude's been hiding he's been ducking but uh Ricardo you're on man maybe he's he's got his uh he's too choked up right now. Welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? Very good. Uh, well, my internet well, was no down, so uh, who, who who won that game against Toluca America? Well, technically Toluca won, but America beat itself, man. Yeah. That's the, that's the only way it was. That's the that's the way I've seen it. Oh, and and b- before we get into that, Jaime. Yes. I never duck, man. I'm always here. <laughs> yellow and blue until I die. Azul crema. And, and and like you, I don't get this hype about that Checo Perez guy. Like that isn't a sport. He's driving a car, man. <laughs> All right, all right. I won't go that far. I won't go that far. Zero. Like, how's that a sport? Like, like, where is he showing as he's an athlete? They need a lot of neck muscles, man. Uh, All right, all right. This is where I disagree with you, man, because I've been to K1 speed. You got to go to K1 speed just to get a little taste of what Formula One racing is because you will come out of that sweating with adrenaline and you're only going like 40 miles an hour tops, but it feels so fast. And I, it wasn't until then that I had respect for like race car drivers because I can't imagine going 200 miles an hour on a turn. Like you, you need to like be in really good shape to like go do a race like that. It might not seem like they're an athlete, but I respect what they do. I just didn't know who he was because he's never won anything. Oh, he's he's a loser for sure, bro. <laughs> he's a America fan. Oh, well, in that case, he's a winner. <laughs> well, but I stand by my statement. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it has its difficulties, but it's not a sport. <laughs> and it's, you could equate it to like golf, man. No one cares. Just rich people watch it. Well, why do why do Mexicans out of a sudden just want to watch uh, Formula One just because of this guy? I mean, come on. Yeah, man. If he was winning championships like Lewis Hamilton, I could see the hype. Exactly. But I mean, well, 
It's not like but I can go got... out there and, and do it do it too, you know? It's not like, oh, I can go out in my backyard and do Formula One. No, you can't. You got to be very, 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 you got to be rich. For sure. Typical like in Mexico, always celebrating, give, giving, celebrating people for participating instead of winning. Well, we gotta we gotta address the elephant in the room, man. Yeah, I'm America. What like, happened, bro? Appropriate title, if I say so myself. America choked. Big I think time. all those goals against Puebla made you guys overconfident. <laughs> no, they're like, hey, we can't use these for the for this match. We scored five. <laughs> Definitely overconfidence. But having, but yes, I agree. Overconfidence. That's how many goals was it again? You said eleven, right? Eleven against Puebla, man. Yeah, and Chivas couldn't score more than one. So, oh, hey, but you ended up in the same place. Well, no, America was in the Guia, man. You guys were in the Pechaje. You ended with no championship. But we're one on top, man. We're looking down, not up. As I usually say, but if, if I if there's a there's two culprits to this, la coladera de mierda. <laughs> He's not and getting renewed. Hopefully not, man. Because that guy is like he's a coladera. I've always said it. I've always maintained my stance on this guy. Just because he has curly hair, and I guess some people find him. Find him. He's a good-looking guy, I guess, right? But he's everyone knows his mistakes. Just, but I'm, but what what I do find interesting is just people pointing his flaws out, even though every you can go down to every Liga MX team that has a Mexican goalkeeper. They all play. They all play exactly like that, man. None of them how to come know how to come out. None of them are shot blockers. It's the same type of player, uh, same type of goalkeeper in every team, man. There's a... Patrol <laughs> <laughs> exactly. can get a lot of hate, but at the end of the day, America fans have remembered. You have Fidalgo, pretty much the best player in the league. Uh, you know, Henry Martin in crazy form. Uh, you know, your golden boy, Lara, who messed up. Oof. Mexico's national goalkeeper, who's known as the wall when it comes to World Cup. But you guys lost to a goal from Torres Nilo. I don't disagree with you. That guy should be. I didn't even know that guy was so plank. Ne- neither did I. I thought Torres Nilo was retired uh, doing church or something. And he scored a goal from the chest. That, 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 that was eight. I don't disagree with anything you just said, but this guy, he was he was already limited, but now in his advanced stage, he's <laughs> lost more than a step, man. Like I, people try to d- downplay this, but the guy really cost us this this series, man. Oh, hundred percent. I I know everyone's gonna like you, like Al Pastor said, Lara. Yeah, he he fucked up, but he's a young kid, man. He's for his first tournament. I'm not. He definitely has blame in this. But if you go, if you, if you dissect that goal too, that he get that penalty he gives up, is another thing that just pisses me off about Mexican players in the Mexican league, man. No se hablan. When I seen him uh, trying to give a uh, pass the ball back to Ochoa, that's I was just I was even looking at his feet. I was just looking to see if Osi se hablaban, 
And as usual, nunca se habla, man. They always get, they always fuck up that way. They're trying to give the ball back to Ochoa, and they just, they're lost. There's no, there's no sync between them. But I don't, I, I blame Lara there, but this guy, man, there's a serious problem in Mexican, in Mexican football with developing goalkeepers, man. They can they can block shots as many as you want. Like Jurado, that guy became a nobody in Veracruz to get in a big time contract and playing for Cruz Azul, right? But the, the guy is the same type of goalkeepers in the league, man. But and but the the main but the main culprit, another I blame fifty fifty for this man, La Coladera and El Tano. Like by the end of the game, El Perro Bermudez, he had a. I couldn't agree more with him, man. He said, but in Spanish, he said, uh, Nacho Ambri se lo comió vivo. And it's true, man. The tactics were all wrong. As soon as, soon as uh, we were down 2 0, I, I said to myself, I was like, oh, this, this series is done, man. It's defined. Because. Uh, like Al Pastor said, yes, we did score a bunch of goals, and there's a bunch of play. We have a bunch of good players, but me- the Mexican League, we once you you present a team with the bunker, they don't know how to break that. Selección or team wise, this isn't like when when Manchester City put the bunker up on uh, Real Madrid in the last Champions League when they came back. Yeah. Like those guys are elite players; they can break bunkers. Mexican teams and players, they can't do that, man. So I knew it was done once we were down 2-0. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think Ambriz, like, completely, like, se lo comió. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's the players that play. Like, Brian Rodriguez missed a sleeper. Brian Rodriguez scores that goal. It's a wrap. America picks up that momentum. On the other end as well, uh, Fidalgo, I think is his name, Puerto Luca, he missed, like, a freaking sleeper, like, 85th, 86th minute, that would have been a wrap. If that America goal is not on all sides, the only reason uh, Toluca loses is because Fidalgo missed that uh, sleeper. So now at, then you ask yourself, did Ambrise comió a Tano? Not really. Uh, it's, it's Fidalgo's fault. No, no so, credit, no thing, credit for Nacho. That, Brian Rodriguez mm-hmm. scores that goal. No one's going to be saying that Ambrise comió al Tano. Good point, but we can't go off the Alpa, so we got to go off what happened, man. And and in the last show, I uh, in the last uh, podcast, I was co- I was obviously confident, but what I did forget to mention was the Nacho factor, man. You got to keep in mind this guy's been in four finals already. Yes, he and he gets he gets a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. When got, he returned, when he returned from Spain, he's got Liga La saying, Liga experience now. He already had it because he coached some games when he was assistant for Aguirre, so he had coached Atletico Madrid games. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people wrote him off because he got a couple of his shots early on in his coaching career. Like he got the Tiva shot right and the Medica one, and he. Yeah, and I, I think that he. I know. I know what he was. He was unjust, cause as it always is. They don't let. They don't let. They don't let you finish your your project, which 
is one thing that we were talking a while back with Jaime when he came back to Toluca and his first season was like whatever. And I was telling him that's the good thing of Toluca. They're not that, you know, they're not quick to push the eject button. They're going to give him a chance. And this season he got some players. Probably he requested them. And he has the team in the final. Yeah, but you know what? I also think there's a little bit of classism, racism going on. Because I, I have a little group chat uh, with some soccer buddies, and they were watching the game, and someone texted, yo, who's this Toluca coach? I'm like, Nacho Ambriz. Uh, he might be like the next uh, Mexico coach. He's like, this is the biggest Paisa Nopal coach oh, I've ever yeah. seen in my life. <laughs> you know what? It, but it you brought know what? up a good point. But look, it brought up a good point, because even all the finals he's been into everything, if Nacho Ambriz with the results he's had if he looked like Tano if he looked like Buse if he was like Matias. taller and white I guarantee you he probably already would have been at Selección you're right he, yep. and you know, I and, and I didn't I, I, to me I was like I don't know maybe denial or I didn't think it was to that extent I know how Mexicans can be and talk a lot of shit and all times it's just that but I remember when he got sacked from America dude a lot of the comments were just like Brutal. Pretty much, pretty much, your chat group was must have been there, dude. I, I, it was, I, I was brutal. It was brutal Mexican. reading those comments. I was like, Mexican lives matter or no? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the media as well, right there. The, the brown dude tends to get most of the hate. Yeah. You, you're right, Al Pastor, and uh, I also thought that uh, in, in regards to Tano. He shouldn't be there anymore, man. Like you just said, if this guy was was Mexican and brown looking what? like like not like uh like Wait, uh, you don't want him in the team? No way. That that guy he lost, man. No way. America doesn't accept quitting. <laughs> He's a really good coach. No, he you broke records, dude. Send him the Chivas, send him the group, send him to those <laughs> non exigente teams, man. America deserves winners. Oh man, oh hey, Joel, he, they set up the whole team just for him, man. Well, he, they did good. I mean, that's that's the thing about Liga, you know. He's strong, hey, man. But, but this is karma. You know why this is karma for you, America fans? Because you had Turco who kept you leaders and generales de la tabla. He won you the championship, but America had already done the deal with Matosas before Liga started. And when Turco won that Copa with America, he went packed his stuff the next day. Media was waiting for him, and he said. Yo les dejo la copa, pero me llevo mi dignidad. And that is karma for you guys. The guy who had you super leaded is, won you the cup. You already had him on the way out before the liguilla was even over. Wait, was that when Pelaya sacked him? Because yeah, I know Pelaya sacked him. Back then. Yeah, but he brought it on himself because this guy would lose games like a Clásico. And, and then he'll take, off to, he'll take off to Argentina. I wouldn't even tell people, hey, I got to yeah, go do something. Winning. Doesn't matter, but you, he's still disrespecting a lot of the people there that yeah. are in charge. And it's like, you know, there's people above you, and if he's not showing them respect, um, and he admitted to that later on when they asked him if he would work with Pelias, and he said he would. Um, but you you could read into that, like, like all the stuff he would do, and it was like, I, I don't know, man. Maybe he got to, he got like, you know, Thought himself a bit too much right there. He was, he was full of himself. That's what happened. 
But yeah, and but I mean, I must, and admit, I must admit, Joel, that was one of my when he won that final, when he made those Tigres, uh, when he porked Tigres 3 0 in, in the <laughs> in, in La Azteca. Oh man, I was Sabin Castroso, yo, man, no one can. No one can support me around here, man. <laughs> but hey, but Al Pastor, I gotta you, you that's a good point you brought up, but you gotta keep in mind, man. This is at the same time when Matosas was coming off that beat that beat campeon leon, man. Everyone wanted that guy. Yeah, everyone wanted him, but you had someone you didn't have someone that put you in Liguilla like in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth place. He put you in Liguilla in first. And the team obviously believed him. You could say that he disrespected Pelaz, John de Luisa, but obviously the team did not feel disrespected because they kept working their butt off, they kept winning, and they won the whole championship through Liguilla. So as far as, like, the that's the whole part of – that's what gives you results on the field. As long as the coach and the players are on the same page and they're striving towards the same result. So you yeah, as a fan, I... what do you want? Your coach – and your directivos having a great relationship, but no championships, or your coach and your players getting along. Maybe the directivos not so much, but you're winning championships. Yeah, yeah. but you're, you're taking away credit from directiva as far as they're the ones building the team. Yeah. Uh, this guy didn't build the team from scratch, and you have America that continue to, to um, you know, be in first place and and fight for the title even without him. So. It, so then, what, why it, get rid of Tano then? Don, they built on a good team. I don't think Tano they're going to... Like that's what, man. I don't think they're going to get rid of... they fire him? pretty darn close to it. It seems like it was a learning experience. Wait, did they fire him or is this just like Carlos kind of saying? No, a, they're going to keep him, but... Well, they should. I mean, he's a really good coach. No way, man. those <laughs> <laughs> The guy's a loser, man. <laughs> I don't think so, the, man. He's a stupid. He's a stupid. I, yeah, I would take him. He's, he's, too, he's a really good him. coach, man. Uh, yeah, man. You almost, after man. sending us that, you know, keep a trash that was... Dude. Um, just, even, just dude. A week ago, people <laughs> are saying he should be seleccionado. You know? I still I still believe that, Jaime. If he, he had won, he would have been candidate. Now, the moment was too big for him, man. Now they're talking about <laughs> the winner of this, of this final. You know, Almada and... Um, and Nacho, and Nacho Nacho should be, but but like uh, I think Ricardo said, it's there is that that like classism, so he might he might get overlooked, man. It's like I think Nacho, he is. And a lot more people want Almada. Oh, I think Almada is a bad bad choice. I like him as a coach, but he has a little bit of La Volpe. In him. If you if you see the games, man, he's always screaming at those young Mexican players specifically that mess up. And you know Mexican players, they don't like being screamed at. They don't like being told to train. They need to be coddled, man. And that guy's the wrong guy for that job. I, think I like him as a coach, though. I would like He's him because he would be he would be calling players that were relevant, man. And that's what we need. Who knows? You wouldn't you want Nacho, that What's that? You wouldn't want Nacho? Either one would be great. Uh, I do. Mm, I don't know. I think Nacho would focus more on older players. You gotta have a little bit of both, but Na- Nacho, who brought um, was that Marcel, Marcel Ruiz? 
Yeah, but look at look Reviving at like, his career. Like, his teams have always been like a great mix of youth and experience. Ah, but he's a Pachuca. Then. And that's then, always uh, gonna be Pachuca. Like Ferretti, man. He's like older guys, and that's it. But but cool. because of the teams he's been in, I don't think he's had. Because look, who where did JJ Mack flourish? Leon. Yeah, but and it was, was like, under him. Who was like the main dude there? Who wasn't like I can't remember his name, Menezes or whatever. He still had the youngster playing, and they brought him in as kind of like backup. They didn't take him as their starting player. This guy had very little experience. They just took him, and he, he put him because he saw something in him, and he gave him the shot. That's true. That is true. He he. They didn't take JJ Mack as because they needed. You know. They figured he would be a good asset, and if he could break into it, and he did, and um, and he flourished. But I do see. I, I think he, he gets a bad rap, dude. I think uh, Mr. Nacho Man, he's he's been getting a bad rap, and I think even if he wins, I don't think he's gonna get. You're gonna start talking about uh, they always mention Bielsa and a couple others. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna start mentioning the extranjeros. I, I think poor Nacho's not gonna get a shot, man. Yeah. So who do you guys have for this final? I mean, the final that nobody really cares about. <laughs> Why do people keep saying that? <laughs> because well, there's, like, there's no fans, bro. There's no fans. But you guys like 67 fans in the rancho. So look ahead. <laughs> and 30 are going to show up. I'm just saying, like, I don't know any, like, Pachuca or Toluca fans. And I have family in Toluca. And I mean, but know? I think that's what makes it an attractive final. It's like a neutral final. Like, you don't hate a specific team. You just want a good game, and both teams oh, should both give you a good game. I, I hate from a neutral perspective. I'm not neutral. Should be a great game. I hate Toluca for everything that they did to me when I was 10 years old, man. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the early 2000s, bro, they were we were always the their their little freaking door, doormat, man. Like, what, are you an America fan? No, a Chivas fan, bro. That happened. That happened to that them happened too. To everybody. I know, but still, yeah. <laughs> it was painful for me to watch Chivas go that, in there and that, get destroyed that, by Cardoso. Super chorizo, man. But hey, what's and nice? they're they're getting a little bit too close to Chivas as far as titles go. So uh, see, that's why you guys are mad on Alexis. But but you know what, Chivas Chivas win. They they won a title in their in their stadium. Yeah, it was the, it was that's, the greatest revenge. Not- I cry that day. I, I, I'm, a man, I'm a man up and say I cry when both will score, bro. That was that was an emotional <laughs> roller coaster. But I hate Pachuca for other reasons too, man. Like when we got <laughs> stripped out of all of our players that had to go to with the World Cup, and we had an an incredible run in Liguilla with like Chato and and all these kids, and then we're in the we're about to go to the final, and then you know what happens happens, and Pachuca scores that. Last minute goal. No, the, the Libertadores run, but that was La Volpe when he took all the Chiva players to Confederaciones. It was 05 and 06, but. He, he only played like three of them, and the other ones, yeah. he just had them in the bench. And then we lost the Conca Champions final to them. So, yeah, I got hate for Pachuca. I hate both teams. But Pachuca I has. I, I figure, I, I'd rather go with Toluca. Uh, with, uh, Same. So, I don't like how uh, Pachuca calls themselves an equipo de Mexico or whatever. Like, nah, nah, they're always... They've been trying to... They, they, you can't blame them. I mean, they've been trying to... Um, Their owners, or the founders were Cornish miners, right? That's what they were? Yeah, it was one of the oldest teams, so it could be first or second oldest, not sure yet, because the oldest teams are more likely to be on the coast, on, but, the, on the ports. 
uh, like Veracruz and all that. Like where, um, so I think Orizaba, I think, is the one that. Orizaba, like, Montezuma. But, but yeah, you know, think the thing, though, we all wish Chivas was ran by Pachuca. I don't. Or, or no. Grupo Orlegi. From the youth systems, how they manage their youth systems, how they do a good mix of older players and youth players, how the directiva is always thinking outside the box, so like with the Hall of Fame. And they've had like notable players come to those Hall of Fame ceremonies. Like they're always like thinking one step ahead. You know, on the Femini team, they brought that player from Barcelona. So they're like always thinking like outside of the box, how they can be better. They just don't have the fan draw attraction. She was did had good when when uh, Vergara first took over and he had a committee there with Nestor and uh, Juan Jose Franchi, Varsis Niega, and the doctor, the, I forget his name, the famous doctor. Yeah, um, bro. There you go. We were just talking about him last week. I keep forgetting shit. But, 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 but let me tell you, because she was had at that point the best cantera. And when they won the league, they. They won it with a, you know, a good chunk of canteranos. Yeah, Pachuca has consistently had a good cantera from Guti Gutierrez, Chucky Lozano, Pizarro, Pavlov. No, I, I know, but I but mean, see, this right is now, what Kevin happened. Alvarez, they, Eric Aguirre. Yeah. I know, but see, they they ended up getting rid of the play, of the people that because and we mentioned this last and, week. And that's what I'm saying. Uh, Chivas had Hans. They had Hans. And they had um, Efraín Flores. They had them. They had, they both worked at Chivas, and they let them go, and they ended up at Pachuca. Yeah, but, but you right now you sound like a thirty-four-year-old guy talking about when he played varsity in high school. It doesn't matter what we did in the past. We're talking about now. No, because it does matter. Because you're saying we need, we need, and I'm saying, dude, we were just like that. I'm saying the problem is that they let go a lot of the people. A, a lot of Chivas, a lot of my Chivas hermanos, they hate Nestor, dude. He was part of the architect that did all of that. And they got rid of him twice. So it's like you keep getting rid of people that have been at the club for a long time, have brought success to the club, and then you're wondering why the team sucks or you're pulling players from, from Europe or, or, you know, it's like always looking for answers when we've always had them at home. And I'm telling you, team's been very successful with what they've had right there, but Somehow we always end up thinking that it's not good enough, uh, and it's dude. The results are there, you know. We can't, we shouldn't. Um, I don't know, man. We downplay them. Look, look how vilified uh, Guero Real gets. Guero Real took Chivas to a Libertadores final, and and I see how people talk about him, and it's like, damn, dude, you you would think this this guy got the team relegated. Not only did he take the team to the final, he debuted the most uh, canteranos and some of the better players Chivas has had. And that dude gets massive hate. Massive. Like, it's crazy to read. And, you know, he managed to do some good stuff, man. He, he beat Barcelona and, and Man U. I know we're friendlies, but he still beat them and it's better yeah, than Yeah, I never that. I always felt what O'Rath could have been our Sir Alex Ferguson. Like he was just part of the institution, and you could tell he cared about it and getting the results. He said that he didn't. Yeah, he didn't want to be a coach, though. Yeah, they kept dragging him there. 
the management at Chivas, once they got rid of a lot of the people that were football and it was Vergara and then it was Angelica and other people that are business people doing all the decisions and then they got rid of they got rid of pretty much everyone worth a damn. Does, you know, does it, oh, but doesn't that speak to incompetent owners? Yes, yes it um, does. I mean, I was <laughs> just to my point. I wish we ran like Pachuca. And if you take into account, Pachuca owns Leon, right? And yep. who's running Leon? It's a, a Pachuco's son. And he, I mean, everyone would agree that guy's done a pretty good job with Leon, right? Three titles and, you know, how many years, including a bicampeonato? Like, like, like this, no one's paying attention to this. But uh, every, every team has an hijo de papi owner. Even America, he's a hijo de papi. He, he inherited the team. Even the Toluca guy, the the guy's a fossil, but he, he inherited the team too. Oh, wait, wait. That dude had to. He didn't actually. He You're talking about America? Because that's yeah. some Game of Thrones shit. Oh, that's some Game of Thrones shit. I, I got my respect for that dude because mm-hmm. they did not leave the team to him. And, um, and it's it, Ascarraga, uh, Ascarraga mm-hmm. Jean, I think. So his cousin is uh, Burrillo Ascarraga. His cousin was at Atlante. But it was some, I don't know if you guys see Game of Thrones, but it was some, yes. some massive shit going on back there because um, the dad left the team in charge of the Cañedos. So that's around the time that they changed the name of Seca to Estado Guillermo Cañedo. And it was the Cañedos they were, they were trying to take over all of that. And this dude masterminded and and he managed to like take control of everything. And his cousin ended up helping him. And I don't know exactly what happened because it was became very tragic for Burillo because because he he ended up like not being in football because he he was like super involved. He was more involved than um Ascarra Gajin. Mm-hmm. He had a company called Soccer Dos Mil. And Soccer Dos Mil used to promote, they used to like, they kind of did what some does in the US, but it was Soccer Dos Mil. And um, he had that. He built the Centro Pegasus, which is the car now, is, is known as the car mm-hmm. where that's it's your own place. He's the dude that brought in um, Chucho when they're under 17 wins. He he paid out of pocket to, to, to uh, have an under 15 team. Uh, and so this dude did a bunch of stuff. He, he ended up doing a lot of stuff to help. And then after the whole takeover thing around around that time, which is around the same time when Mexican is going to some and all that, he just kind of disappears, man. And then it's kind of tragic because he, um, I think he ran over his son, dude, on a boat. Like they, yeah, they're saying Damn. he was driving drunk. Yeah, he was driving drunk and his kids fell and then he turned the boat to try to like pick him up and I think he ended up hitting one of them and died and um pretty tragic. But you you guys can look up the whole um Ascarraga Cañedo, you know, Google that shit. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It's it's crazy all the shit that went on there and this dude this dude ended up having to get the power back. I don't want to see that. Oh, I'm already upset that America lost, man. 
<laughs> but this is an uplifting story, dude. For sure. No, but what I'm getting at is that you guys have a dumb, dumb owner. The guy doesn't know what the hell you're doing. Oh, man. I, I have to agree with that. It's rough. I have, I have to agree because I think he came into Chivas in a bad deal. And he came in with everything being bad with with um, Higuera was still there and he was like a vampire. He was like in cahoots with Angelica and they were stealing from the team. Uh, he had lawsuits, um, lawsuits from Profeco, which is like the consumer consumer report or consumer rights. But in Mexico, it's Profeco, which they started finding Chivas over the streaming. And there's talk that it was Televisa that was like, Sort of like using their influences to get perfect. But say, do you think them. do you think like the networks put them up to that? Because like, I do think so. They, they did this whole like <laughs> show about like going to the stadium and saying that it was going to be like closed and all that. Oh, they did. They took over it. They owe money. So, so like if they don't pay going into next season, they can't use the stadium and go play in uh, go play in Jalisco. But yeah, they did that, man. They they pretty much put you on blast saying these dudes haven't paid. What they owe. Dang. Speaking of who hasn't gotten paid, America hasn't gotten paid from Porto. Yeah. <laughs> Muertos de hambre, man. Those guys. It just shows some of these Euro teams. They're not as, as, they don't have as much money as we like to think. And we still want to send these fools to Europe? Shit. Porto <laughs> and Independiente owes America like $6 million, man. Those, those guys should disappear at any moment because they're in Argentina. <laughs> it, well that's true man we laugh but it's true their their inflation right now is crazy some picture was making the rounds of like they'll pay you in key like, uh, that they went to a restaurant and they showed how much money you had to pay now and it was like stacks of money because their their uh the value has the, their currency has devalued so much now you see like so it's like la volpe lately he was like hey they're all making fun of him for like coaching in Mexico. Like, dude, oh. I got a better life. No, no, they used to call him. Yeah, he used to call him Mexicanito. He said, mm-hmm. he, he said, you think that's insulting me? <laughs> he's like, dude, dude, dude right there, like, just started that, throwing bro. money, dude. I was at Chivas getting hand jobs for free. <laughs> this guy was making it rain right there. Like, no, they, dude, they knew, man. They were just quiet. It was yeah. just, I think, some of the fans because. Don't talk shit. Don't say anything to try to get under your skin. Um, There was a sound clip that I wanted to play in regards to Osvaldo Sanchez and Angel Reina. Osvaldo, Osvaldo Sanchez. Ajá. Este, estaba arreglando para que nosotros ahí medio que, que echáramos la huevita cuando estaba Santos, Querétaro y San Luis metidos en el pedo del, del descenso. A ver, en Santos, en Santos, estaban peleando el descenso. ¡Santa! ¡A huevo! Y entonces tú estabas en San Luis. San Luis, ajá. Íbamos a jugar contra Querétaro, necesitaban combinarse resultados. Y Osvaldo habló y todo el rollo, negoció a, a Adrián Martínez, el grande Martínez, al Chacho Coudet, a al Tavo Valdés, ajá. Y ya empezó a negociar. Yo era de los chavitos ahí, pero pues que ya era medio metiche en el tema ese de, de, de los premios y organizar todo ese rollo. Ajá. 
Y organizaron su pedo, Osvaldo no nos pagó, güey, no nos mandó lana, güey, si nos pagó, no me acuerdo, güey, dijera no salida, güey. ¿No te, ¿No te tocó este, la mochada? No, no, no me tocó, güey. ¿Pero qué? Ya. ¿Perdieron? Yeah, so, that just dropped, like, today. Damn. And obviously, Alejandro Reina doesn't have the best reputation. He, he was a problem child at a lot of different organizations at one point nobody wanted him so like you know how much of that do you do you think is true but then also on the flip side you do have Osvaldo Sanchez who has no back no character and he was begging like Honduras to like stop scoring goals on Mexico so you have two just like it's interesting I think there's truth in this what do you guys think there there may be truth but nothing's gonna come about it Um, th this guy, like you said, Reina, he he has a shit reputation. If he if he wanted this to be taken serious, he should have said it at the time. Yeah, that's true. But it goes to show, man. Like a lot of the time, there's some shady shit going on in Liga Mekis. <clears throat> oh, like you said, that guy Oswaldo, man. Aside from being a pecho frío, I mean, es ir mañoso. Yeah, I think it's a possibility. I don't know if it's true or not. Like, like, um, like Carlos saying here, it is Ricardo, right? Um, he has a really bad rep um, from just. From like even how he ended his career, like no teams wanted him, and he was very talented player. Like he, he should have had a better career than he did, and so it's kind of sad, you know. He's was always involved in stuff. Did you hear all these rumors about him that he used to take carry a gun, you know, with him, stuff like that? So it's crazy, but but I do think it, it's a possibility, man, that. That um, they asked him to throw the game. He he tried to say something else. I forgot what, but then he he never showed receipts because I think he was trying to say that that they were like charging them to play or something like that. I don't know if you guys remember charging players to play. Yeah, he was saying something like that, but he never he never showed receipts. So what do you mean? What's There the point of like in the cantera? You mean? No, I forgot. This dude's, you know, he's he's touched Prepared shit before. Prepared to debut? And I think just to get playing time. Oh. Kind of while they were doing to Hugo, uh, he would charge you a percentage. But it's like people are saying it, but at the same time, no one. No one had receipts. No one had what a text message or recording, nothing. So then it's just your word against theirs. And I mean, if someone's doing something like that to me, it's so easy to record them now, you know, or to just kind of catch him on, catch him. We paid. Catch him like we paid you. three point five six million for him. Wow. <laughs> And he was getting paid top dollar too. <clears throat> I actually have a story with him. Well, not story, but it's very brief. 
I went to go see Chivas America um, at the Elacron, whatever. <clears throat> and we we uh, actually like our we had a we had a palco, so we had a suite. We got to park under the okay. we got to park under the stadium. I'm just showing off at this point. <laughs> You also, had a chopa maruchan. You ate a sopa maruchan. What else? <laughs> no, we, we got to park under the stadium, which I thought was very cool. And after the game ended, we see him in the parking lot. He didn't play. He wasn't even on the bench or anything. He was just in like civilian clothing. But he was oh, like, shit. he was just walking around. And uh, every now and then, like a, probably... like, like a fan would like, hey, hey, can I take your photo? And he'd be like, no. And like he did that like the whole time, and like I'm like, I'm not gonna even bother like asking for a photo with this guy. But yeah, we saw him like in the parking lot under the stadium, and he was just like being an asshole to everybody. I'm like, wow, what a piece of shit. He couldn't sell his couldn't sell his mixtapes from the back of his trunk. <clears throat> yeah, thought that was very interesting though. That's my only experience with him. And that's unfortunate. <laughs> everything about him because he's a. Uh... He's one of the rare few cases of like players coming from the second division and being successful in the first division of Mexico because that's that's rarely seen nowadays or even at the time when he was playing. Was San Luis in the yeah, second division? Very... Yeah. No, that when he was starting off, who was he with? Uh... Is that San Luis? Don't, don't matter, but he started. <laughs> 2005 to 2007, San Luis, then Necaxa, then San Luis again, and then America. Yeah. But I think I do remember, like, San Luis getting promoted, and then they went to a final, right? Yes, they did. But I'm forgetting who they played. <laughs> I'm forgetting if... I'm forgetting if San Luis and America had the same owner. So, uh, I don't they know about did. that. But they I ran the club for a while. I did get distracted on the whole Toluca thing, and I looked up when uh, the Toluca owner sold Grupo Modelo to AB InBev here in the U.S., and they got like $20 billion off that sale. He's ranked number 10 in Mexico's richest. Guess where Amaury's ranked? Five. 200. Huh? Dude, five. No, we're near five. Wait, how much? Uh, 83rd position of top riches in Mexico. Yeah, well, it's only life. I mean, you don't, you don't really care. But is I he? Think in, he's in the billions, the right? The Luca guy's 10th place. Laudy's in 83rd. I thought they're in the billions from uh, from Omni Life. Yeah, but think yeah, about have it. Have you ever you seen like Omni Life products? One of the biggest teams in the country, and your owner's not even like top fifty wealthy. No wonder they can't. They never, they first. never had top. They never had top fifty owner. I mean, that's and I talked about this last week. I was saying how U.S. ownership is not even top five money in Liga MX. So how do you expect the team to be top five? Because the they brand, don't even have brand that. itself. Yeah, but the brand yeah, doesn't bring that money. money. From Chivas into only the, life to keep it Even afloat. if you used all the money, you still can't compete with them. I think they're keeping you, only life afloat. I've never seen anybody in the U.S. drink only life. I've seen them during Herbal Life. I know, but even even if you used up all that money, it's still not a, still not a lot, dude. 
It's still not allowed. That's what I'm saying. Me? Chivas is keeping only life afloat. There's money laundering going on there. I don't know, but I'm saying even if they used all that money, they still wouldn't crack top five. They're not because these companies are, these. I mean, these teams, their companies are just that much richer, you know? So that's, that's a thing that's where what, all the people get it wrong. Ownership. They would need like Slim, dude. They would need like Slim. Slim has no clue about running a team hall. That's why he sold. No, I know, but well, Formula One, you know, Slim has a fuerzas básicas of Formula One, right? No, I don't. He puts. He has like a bunch of drivers under his name, all young guys, seventeen to twenty-one, and he like look. He pays for all their stuff, and he's always looking like for the next Formula One star. Checo Perez got a big connection from him. Damn. That's his thing. That's his passion. His passion is F one. That's why he hasn't gotten involved with soccer because he—that's this sport. Well, he was for a while, right? And there was, was, he, was having, he was having Elias Ayugo. Yeah, but I mean, running. he's willing to invest, but right now he's heavy on Formula One. I think with Chivas because he has the TV station, the Claro, so that's where it would help benefit him. Yeah. But I think the stadium's always been the nobody wants to buy that stadium. Dude. That big toilet bowl. <laughs> That's that's sort of the, the eyesore, dude. They, they, that's what's kept the team from being sold. So I know, um, I know it's been, you know, there's been like offers and whatnot. Well, I don't think it's gonna be sold. I mean, the rumor is that uh, in his will, Vergara left that the team cannot be sold if Amari doesn't want it and moves on to next of kin. What? Yeah, and I think they want to sell it. I think those are. Yeah, so I think Amari's the only one. Like, but I think he's the only one. That... Sister and all that, they're all involved in decision making, because technically they all do have like a say. He just has like the biggest percentage, but he cannot sell the team. It just stays within the family. That's what Vergara wanted. And apparently, the other right? thing was no uh, foreigners. Oops, you already broke that. <laughs> Hey, you mean like boy. foreign investment or foreign players? Foreign-born players. Oh, well, Foreign-born. Yeah, we're good. We're still – we haven't broken that one yet. Nah, it's broken. <laughs> I, I think Amari's the only one that doesn't want to sell. I think the the family does want to sell, and I think that's been also the the big uh, – the hurry from um, Angelica to get her kids wrapped up in that because – Want she wants cash. some of that. So, yeah, she wants some of that too, man. It's a mess, dude. It's 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 pretty messed up what's going on at QS back at the front office. Her daughter goes to a school in uh, Maine that's like $50,000 a year. I think she's okay on money. Yeah. I know, but she wants more, dude. You can never <laughs> have too much money. And, and Hole, didn't you say these guys, uh, the Vergara, he stole the team from the socios, right? So <laughs> I didn't the, the, that. the balls on this guy, he's he won't sell a team that he stole. <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> you, you insinuated it. <laughs> no, uh, I think uh, that the they socios... used the Televisa money to pay off the socios, right? No, that was never me, man. I, I and I've been keeping. I'll tell you what happened. This is my, this is my take. Um, not all the social sold, but the majority sold. So 
he was able to to buy the team. And then um, I think a lot of the socials were involved with the whole Pemex. So the promotora that ran the team, they had a um, contract with Pemex to do the lubricants. That's where you get, um, it was Mexlube. So that was the main sponsor. If you remember the jersey from back then had Mexlube and it had Pemex on the side. And there was some shady shit going on where they eventually, there was lawsuits and whatnot. And it was to the point where they had the contract with Chivas for like 10 years. And when Vergara came to buy the team, um, he even paid off that last year, right? He paid off that last year so he could take over the team. And I'm like, wait, why are the socios so willing to leave? Because Vergara did say he used that Televisa money to pay them off. And that's, here's the thing that I told my friend, because he, he likes uh, an, another Americanista, Ron, he likes to say he swindled them. But it's like not really, because these socios, had they gotten the, had they gotten the TV money and associates, they would have to reinvest it in the club, so they weren't going to be able to keep it. This way, they got to keep that money. So I know some some BS was going on, and they all just like rats, dude, giving a sinking ship. They all left. Uh, very few socials stay, and they've been suing the club. They sued it for years, man. I think they finally gave up. Um, but not, I don't think he's, <laughs> I don't think he stole it. I do think, but I do think all the socials are sold. I do think they were crooked because they had like 10 years, they had nine years to like supposedly put the team back on float and they never did. Like there was no money there. So it's like, what were, you, what were these guys doing, you know? They sold their own team out, right? They did, dude. They, they was you'll, up. you'll never yeah. catch an Americanista sell out, man. You guys don't have socials, dude. You just have that one owner. Exactly. And I thank God every day for it, man. <laughs> but no, but imagine if you owned a piece of a club, would you would you be willing to sell it? Like, and not just any club, like historic club, would you let go of that? I'm like, damn, dude, I'm taking that to the grave, you know? Like, you. I would mean, have really... somebody accountable. Madrid has socios. Yeah, they do. So, but imagine if some bullshit happened where they would all be like, "Fuck it, let's sell your share." But these dudes are generational, man. They just pass it down. Yeah, but you also like with them to avoid that, they set a standard where you need like a certain amount of money to become a socio. Yeah, but like, where do you own? Where you own a, where you own an actual part of the club as opposed to you're just like a season ticket holder, right? Correct. So, you know, America like, had that thing, the Socio Aguila, Socio Huila. Mm-hmm. You didn't really own the team. You just got what you get, balloons, stickers. With Ricardo, did you ever bought into that? What, what they send no. you a birthday card? <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't, but it's better than being lied to like your owner does to you, man. <laughs> you know... I think eventually, because they do need to do something, if they were to put the team in the stock market, and then I think they could probably make good money. People would would start buying shares of Chivas. I, I could I could see myself owning some of that. Well, history would be bound to repeat itself, and you guys would 
fill it off again, man. Well, I'm not gonna lie. If Chivas was on the stock market, we'd probably be a penny stock. Cause uh, oh shit! On, no, I I know. I'm gonna tell you why. Manchester United is on the stock market, and they're like thirteen dollars a share. Yeah, but they don't own their stadium. I don't think. Yeah, but they're still thirteen dollars a share. Manchester United, one of the most. I am a Manchester United stockholder. How dare you? Generating. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, if United's at thirteen, Chivas is gonna be what, like a one dollar two? No. Dude, I don't think it would ever happen though because it would require Chivas to be transparent about their finances, and that's you know that's never gonna happen. Why not go in general? Because the money's sketch, bro. You follow the paper trail in Mexico, it leads to places you don't want to know about. That's Veracruz. Uh, <laughs> uh, only life where a sketchy. Well, that dude's back. That dude's back. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, Cody, I've seen he, it on Twitter. He just got, he just got let, you know, he just got out of jail. Nice. I, I want him to be back, dude. I miss that personality. He was funny. Yeah, I miss that team, man. <laughs> he was a piece of what shit, but he was the, funny. The team where they didn't pay the players for like a year. Not that part, but the team in general, man. I don't know, man. I, I'd rather I have them than Querétaro. That team's been a shit show for years, dude. Crappy team, violent fan base, owner yes. doesn't play his players. Exactly. Wait, Veracruz Cruz was violent? Year in a row. Yeah, dude, they were, they were that, that type of fights going on there. But but they, they had a passionate fan base, man. A lot of these other teams is just manufactured. Querétaro, Mazatlán. Mazatlán, for sure. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, who? If if not them, then who are you gonna bring up? From, you can't bring up bring up anyone from the second division because your stadium uh, doesn't uh, meet the right criteria, right? Leones so, Negros, only team. Or, yeah, just Leones Negros. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, do you guys hear what Schneider had to say about Edson Alvarez? <laughs> Hater man, talking hell of shit about Edson Alvarez, man. He's like, oh, they should have sold him. <laughs> All he does is pass sideways and backwards. Well, he he didn't lie about that because Mexican players—that's all they do. You never you never see them. Uh, you never see them do, uh, do vertical passes, man. If they do, it's un pelotazo, like a lob, just like Chivas does. He said, "He said they could have sold him, and they could have bought two better players for the amount that they that Chelsea were offering, which is about fifty million." I agree. No, well, I'm not say agree. I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, he's criticizing Edson for something he's not. Edson yeah. is not a, a number five like Tony Cruz, a Conte, he's a he's a Casemiro man. He's just a guy who's enough. Clean up the dirty work, help the center backs, and he's going to depend on the other midfielder with him to do the attacking, to do the controlling. Uh, Fifty million, seriously? Same way he feels about Edson, I feel about Nene. Everyone puts all like hype Nene out. Nene cannot generate game flow. He cannot like generate control the game, set the tempo like something like a Victor Guzman would do. Uh, Marcel Ruiz. Uh, same thing with uh, Edson. Edson, dirty work, help the center backs, destroy the opposing attack, but he's not going to set the pace of the game. He's not going to give you through balls. He's not going to do any of that. In that sense, yeah, Wesley's right, but 
he Edson has never been that player. So why are you criticizing him for that? Because he's Mexican. Yeah. So <laughs> tell your coach, tell your owner to get a center attacking mid if that's what you want. Did they really offer fifty million though? They did. Yeah. Mind, mind yeah. Newcastle did, didn't they? They no, offered fifty Chelsea. million. No, so I went somewhere that Newcastle offered too. They must feel confident then that after the World Cup, they could get even more. Well, they had also let like three, four guys go, and this came in like right at transfer deadline. Yeah, they did get a hundred yeah, million but, for Anthony. But the guy in Manchester United, the mm-hmm. Brazilian. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that offer for Edson came in like 15 days before the deadline. They would have taken it and used those 15 days to look for somebody else. Yeah, I think Edson was like a non-negotiable. Like they weren't going to allow him to leave because they were going to lose too many Dude, players. Dude, 50 though. 50. And you know yeah. what? Ended up being the you best. Do de- know, you didn't know it could drop. The value could drop. It ended up being the best decision ever to, for them not to sell him because the coach got fired like short after that. Chelsea's coach. So, I mean, he would have probably... Oh, yeah, for Edson, we have been benched. He would have been yeah, benched. Yeah, but Ajax is also doing booty in Champions League. I mean, I think they're out. So, I'm sure Edson lost some value there as well. Yeah, but he'll be fine. He'll be in the World Cup. He's he's one of their best players right now, so... Well, I'm not talking about being fine. I'm talking about getting that type of cash, man. It's not... You know, for Mexican players the only, especially... The only thing I will say is I... There, I swear to God, like the most frustrating thing you watch about Liga Mekis are the back passes and the lateral passes. Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It, it makes me want to gauge my eyes out. Like, um, what's that? What's that Greek guy that like had to stab his own eyes out? I forgot his name. Medusa. No, he had to like. Uh, is it Oedipus? No, it's not Oedipus. Yeah, it is Oedipus. He's making making me do homework, Jaime. <laughs> I don't know. All I'm saying is like it's just, it's just. Oh, it's so frustrating. No, but keep in mind though, if you're comparing to like Europe, when you should play at night or colder temperatures, and then no. you got Liga Mag sometimes where it's, it's hot. It's you're usually like, hey, I, I still got my beer in my hand. Can we uh, take a few passes back? I, I disagree, Paul. You you, you watch right. some of these Argentina games or Brazil or or Brazil games? Yeah, yeah. but they play at night. Yeah, no. Check what time they play. For sure, but still, you just can't blame it all on the weather and the temp and the. But you can't. But you can do it. That's a pathetic excuse, man. How are you gonna blame the weather that they play that way, it, dude? Come on, dude. It, because because it affects, man. It affects if it's hot. You started to this keep is, tempo. This is why Mexico is so mediocre because we have excuses for everything. <laughs> nah, dude, it's look at World Cup '94. It was one of the hottest World Cups, and teams that were, you know, a lot of teams ended up looking like they were playing at half gas because of just how how hot it was. And I don't know with Qatar, keep keep an eye out for this too because it's gonna be hot, and they moved it. To their winter, but I think it's still gonna be. It might still be hot during. Um, I don't know. Some Bro. games, I guess they're gonna have to play them at, at earlier. Do you, do you know how much oh. money Qatar spent on this World Cup? Okay, but I bet you it's gonna be a talking point. Watch two hundred uh, billion. Care. That's that's a piss in the that's a piss in the ocean for them, dude. 
They spent two hundred billion to host the World Cup, bro. And those stadiums <laughs> look nice, man. Those 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 bench, <laughs> hey, those bench benches are gonna air condition your balls, bro. You're gonna have like the massage thing on the <laughs> massage. You're gonna, you're gonna get like the little massage chair with the freaking. Uh... <laughs> And our and our Mexican players are gonna love it because they're used to sitting on the bench like Linus. He's like, oh shit, these are some nice benches. Oh yeah, I had to, I had to sneak that one in, how you know? Well, well, I guarantee you guys though. I, I think um, watch they're gonna the weather is gonna be a talking point. I don't think so. I think it, I think they got it down. If you're spending two hundred billion on a on a World Cup, your stadiums are gonna be air conditioned and they'll be all right. I don't think any of them are like open, like the ceiling opens up. Anyways, folks, uh, we're almost at the two-hour mark. Uh, I do want to get your closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode three fifty-five. We'll start with our number one fan. Sorry that America lost, but you have to admit, bro, I was right. I called it out. You're not sorry, man. Come on. <laughs> He's right. He's right about that. And Joel, too, man. I can sense your anti-Americanismo, man. I was close on Kiwas, but I, I had America. When we, when we talked about who was our favorite to win, I had I had America as favorites, and I even had the coach as, as candidate if he wanted number one candidate take over the national team. For sure, but Abel, did you guys see that? Uh, I don't know if you guys talked about how that guy... Uh, El Pecho Frio de Vega, he was celebrating the Toluca one. We did talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah, they just got oh, yeah. Yeah. What a mercenary, <laughs> but keep applauding them, man. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. You're making me angry before I go to bed, man. We we had already sco- we had already talked about this earlier. But, yes, it does, it does bother me. Oh, but congratulations to them, man, because that owner last season, he was in last place. He said no more. He invested because a lot of people don't keep it in account. Like Al Pastor said, this guy's very rich. And a lot of people, when they think of Toluca, they don't think about being a rich team. But this guy's got a lot of cash, man. He's just been kind of frugal with it. But he, yeah. he, he didn't like his team being in last place. He, he bought, he gave Nacho his pieces, and now he's in the final again, man. Crazy. Yep. So who you got for the final? Toluca or Pachuca? Uh, I already underestimated Toluca and Nacho specifically because this guy, like I said, he's been in those finals and he's been in the back. He experienced that nasty own goal final that they lost to Tigres. And he was disgusted with himself after that too. So he kind of applied that to the Ameri- to America. He gave him a little. He got he took out he took out uh, Tano in, in the semif- semifinal. But having said that, I gotta feel. Uh, I think Pachuca's just the better team, man. Yeah. I think I think they'll win it. We have number six versus number four, and Pachuca will have that home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Pastor, what you got for me, man? Thanks for hopping on. No, no, thank you, guys. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of financial advice. So, uh, when Finley has won the World Series, 
was when the stock market crash. Oh, yeah. 1929, 1930, 80s, 2008. Uh, we are in a recession right now. Phillies are in the World Series final. Uh, 2008, the last time they won, Toluca also won that fall tournament. Oh, no. So history seems to repeat itself. Put your money on Phillies and Toluca to uh, oh, to win their finals. And then we have a stock market crash. So, yeah, enjoy that. And, <laughs> and I don't want to uh, do that, man. My uh, Astros are going to win it. I would like Ambriz to win. You know, I feel bad for Almada, man. The dude has lost two finals. There's going to be, what, his third final in the last, what, four tournaments? Like, the man deserves a win, but I just think Luka's going to get it. Damn. Okay. <clears throat> well, I was over here making cocktails. I feel it, bro. Those dirty martinis. <laughs> Getting some, some drink, yeah. Shaking out studs. <laughs> well, what's your closing thought, mate? Who you got? Pachuca to Luka? I don't. I haven't seen Pachuca enough to to give a good uh, analysis, but just personal, I would like I would like Nacho to win, man. I think he deserves he deserves all the plaudits, and I would like him to be a number one candidate or even the next coach. I think he has what it takes. All right, man. We'll see. I, you know. The lesser of two evils, I will go for Pachuca because they have less uh, less titles. And they have a young team. Oh, wow. <laughs> they have a young team. It's good. I mean, going to happen, man. She was just going to throw. No, we will not be leapfrogged. We will not be. <laughs> if, dude, it will, man. Imagine if that happens, In the happens, next 10 man. years, it will happen. I mean, wow. it already happened. We got the Iron Man now, bro. We're going to turn him. things around. Two teams above you guys. No, it's no gonna more. be like four. Nah, it's gonna sorry. be like four teams. Can't happen. I, I wrote about this ten years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey man, I even did. a broken even a broken did. clock is is right twice a day, man. No, it's not a broke. It's just looking at at how the just how the trends are going. No, it's just seeing. It's just yeah. seeing what. We'll see what happens. I will say, though, regardless of what side you're on, it's going to be entertaining final, I think. And because of the neutrality, there's not really too many fans on either side. I, you know, we can enjoy this one together. I really do hope the Phillies don't win the World Series. Oh, God, I don't want another recession. <laughs> Astros all the way, man. Oh, fuck. You're right. The Astros are even worse. Damn. It's just oh, like the come on, man. the cheating Astros. No, the mattress guy needs the Astros to win. Oh, oh yeah, matches match. Well, boys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for for hopping on. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Kanye's been doing a lot of interviews lately. Maybe we can get him on here. We'll see. But uh, we'll catch you guys <laughs> in the next one. Have a good night.